Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 158 of the Hab 360 podcast for this Saturday, December 12, 2015. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. And well, like always, there's always lots going on with the Montreal Canadiens, especially when they're in a four-game losing streak. Canadians facing tonight the Ottawa Senators, a 7 o'clock start. The Sens in town at the Bell Centre. Uh, plenty of uh, line changes for the Montreal Canadiens, and Dustin Tokarski will be in goal, so we'll talk about that uh, in the next couple of minutes. The Canadiens' record... After 30 games, is 19, 8, and 3 with uh, 41 points. They are 5, 4, and 1 in the last 10 games. And like I mentioned, they have lost five, uh, sorry, four games in a row. Canadians have a, a three-point lead over the Detroit Red Wings. They, both teams have played uh, the same amount of uh, games. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians have a one-point lead over the Washington Capitals and a two-game lead over the New York Rangers. Uh, 
But the Capitals still have three games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And in the NHL, the Canadiens are second place behind the Dallas Stars. The Canadiens will face the Stars in seven days from now in Dallas. The Stars do have one game in hand. There's a five-point gap uh, between the, the two teams. If we look at sportsclubstats.com, Canadians have a 98.6% chance of making it to the playoffs and a 16.3% chance of winning the Stanley Cup and a 16.5% of winning the President's Trophy. So the odds have gone down for the Montreal Canadiens, but I think uh, they're still in good position. Our question of the day, as we know, HAP360, the most informative, the most interactive podcast. You can go vote on our HAP360 poll question on Twitter. And the question is, what explains the Canadians' losing streak? There's four options, goaltending, defenseman, scoring, and coaching. And uh, we'll talk about that throughout today's episode. And we will be sharing the, uh, the results of the poll later on. You can also reach us via Twitter for any of your questions or comments at Haps360. And you can also uh, give us a call toll-free 1-877-455-4945. Joining me for the next 60 minutes, my co-host for the day, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, Rick Stevens. Welcome back, Rick. Thanks for the welcome. Um, I'm glad to be back, uh, back from the uh, short little uh, scouting trip I had and uh, f- to see the ice caps, and we'll be uh, talking about that a little bit later. But really good to be here with you today. And yes, we'll be talking about that in our third segment uh, on uh, about Nick's uh, Nick Rick's <laughs> trip uh, to see the ice caps. But let's start with the Montreal Canadiens. They played three games this week. First one against the Hurricanes. Let's hear how that went. It was a tough game to play. Uh, emotionally, it was a tough game to play. We had a, a, a big battle against Washington, and uh, I could see the, the emotion was not quite there. Uh, we got some uh, eight chances. Camor was good. Um, but to win in this league, you can't give up three goals. It's, it's too demanding. So the Hurricanes, three to winners over the Montreal Canadiens. We heard Sven Andrigero, who scored his third goal as a Montreal Canadian. And in that game, the other goal was scored by Daniel Carr, his first career goal. And we'll get back to Carr uh, in a couple of seconds. Then a couple of days later, the Boston Bruins were in town. Their last matchup between these two teams before the Winter Classic. And well, let's see how it turned out for the Canadians. Another face-off win for the Canadians. Here's Byron trying to feed it out in front, looking for Well, it was looking good at that point. Paul Byron scored his fourth goal of the season, but the Boston Bruins ended up beating the Canadians by a score of 3-1. to one. And there was a stretch where the Bruins scored two goals in 40 seconds in the third period uh, to help the Bruins go on to win. Let's hear from the captain post-game. Yeah, I think they... 
you know, closed it up pretty good. We had some shots in the first and second. Um, you know, they, uh, it's a great play by Char to spring the guy for a breakaway. It's, uh, you know, but we can't take our foot off the gas after that happens because it seemed like up to that point, you know, we're, we're up one nothing and we go on the power play, try and make it two nothing, and then, um, you know, we, we fell asleep after that one. And, well, sorry, that was the captain uh, talking following the game against the uh, Boston Bruins. Then uh, the following night, Canadians didn't have much time to rest. They head uh, over to uh, the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit to face the Detroit Red Wings. Let's hear how that went. Pattering comes in, knocks the puck down as Tatar fell in the collision. Picked up by Dan May, right in front, Bozeman scores! We gotta find a way to grind those out. We uh, we we're doing a lot of good things. Just gonna find a way to win. We we gotta play all 60 minutes and then just find a way to score score more goals. It's hard to win with one one or two goals. And well, Detroit Red Wings over the Montreal Canadiens three to two. Thomas Fleischman scored his eighth of the season, and Sven Andrigetto with his fourth of the season, his second goal of the week with the team. So, Rick, we're going to dive into these games a little bit deeper uh, for pretty much the rest of the entire episode. But one thing that stood out for me, um, I guess at a high level, in the last two games against the Bruins and the Detroit Red Wings, the Canadians who have, at least in the last couple of years, been a good third-period team, in the last two games, they weren't. Exactly. Um you know, we've seen this this season particularly their ability to um, close out. And, you know, in previous years, it's sitting back and protecting. But this season, it's been um, attacking and actually, um, you know, uh, running away the game, piling on, as it were. Um, and for for these games, we, we just didn't see that. Um, the, the 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 couple of collapses in the third period were were disappointing, um, and the the team just seemed out of sync. and And I guess that's what happens when um, you know Coach Terrian is a tinkerer, and and um, when he um, upset lines that had been working uh, and going to all sorts of new combinations, uh, the team just didn't didn't respond very well. So we'll dive into that, I'm pretty sure, uh, in uh, in today's episode. But let's get started now with our first segment, Winners and Losers of the Week. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360. And there you go. So if, you, if you're a first-time listener to Hams 360 here on net, well, for number one, we welcome you to, uh, to be listening. And well, in the Winners and Losers segment, Every year, every week, we there's three nominees for each of those categories, and then there's a winner that is announced. And Rick, this week, let's begin with the winners. Let's start start off looking at the positives. Are there any positives that stood out for you this week? It's it's uh, it's hard when when you have a um, three losses in the week, uh, three losses since the last show. Uh, but there there were some some um, winners. Um, we're we're going to pick the obvious one first, and that is the annual um, visit to Montreal hospitals uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. It's, uh, as we all know, an event started by Jean Beliveau. Um, 
all those years ago and uh followed and continued all these years and it's you know the the um the Canadians they there's a lot of opportunities for them to give back but this is one of the most important ones visiting kids who um are 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 really facing some monumental struggles with their health and uh it was you know the the photos from it were were uh, some of them you know, uh, put a smile on your face. Some of them kind of heartbreaking, and and uh, the quotes from the the players, um, they really they really kn- knew how much it meant to the kids to see them there. Yeah, so that happened on uh, Tuesday, and the the team was played and went to three different locations at the same time. So a lot of kids were hit uh, si- simultaneously as the Canadians visited the Children's Hospital, the Shriners, and Saint Justin. So thumbs up on my end as well. The um, the next one, you, you know, we've been pretty hard, or or I won't drag you into this. I've been pretty hard <laughs> on on NHL referees, uh, and I think they've made our loser lists uh, at, at least two or three weeks. Um, so we're going to put them in the winners category, and and the reason I'm going to do that is because um, last week uh, on the the Ice Caps uh, scouting uh, trip. Um, I sat for an entire game with uh, uh, the supervisor of NHL referees, Dan McCourt, and um, he and I, um, rather than watch the game, talked about the state of the game, state of officiating, rules, all kinds of things. And I really got a really good sense from him that he has a good handle on um, the the issues um, and the challenges uh, regarding officiating. He's got a really nice approach. He's he's really thought through um, officials and and new rules and and all those kinds of things. And um, he didn't say so, but I'm 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 gleaning from what he said that uh, much of the challenge for improving the game comes from his supervisors, Ala Bettman, and from the uh, from the teams themselves, from the the the, the GMs and and whatnot who are um, who it's you know the 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 referees uh, may come up with great solutions, but it's hard to get them past um, the rules committee or the the GM. So I'm going to give a shout out to the the NHL refs. And, and it's rare anybody does that. Not not on your end. The referees are easy targets to get. Um... You know, to, to face a critique when it doesn't go against your team, the referees are usually the first ones to uh, to pay the price. Exactly. Um, our our other nominee, and and you know, he could have been a winner uh, if not for the person we're going to uh, we're going to choose, we're going to announce as winner, is Daniel Carr. Um, I mean, a player who who enters the NHL uh, to play his first game, full of nerves, and on his first shift his first shot gets his first goal that's a remarkable accomplishment and something he shares with you know some some pretty big names in in uh, the NHL uh and something he'll he'll remember forever um tremendous tremendous from a really uh, a really good kid as Christian Thomas hands it up for Carl Well, I mean, it's an honor, but I think uh, on that play, a lot of credit's got to go to CT and 
Flinner they both made really good plays down low to keep the puck, keep the puck moving, and I kind of just wreaked the rewards of the play. So there you go. We heard that Daniel Carr's first goal with the Montreal Canadiens and his comments following that game. And tonight, Daniel Carr still in the lineup playing a second a consecutive game. Tonight, scheduled to play with uh, Thomas Fleischmann and uh, David Dernay. And, well, we'll get into more details on uh, tonight's lineups uh, later on in today's episode. But definitely, Daniel Carr, a great debut with the Montreal Canadiens, and he definitely did deserve a a call up with uh, with a big team. Exactly, and it's it's something that that um, at All Habs we've been we've been promoting, you know, since since training camp. That this is the guy that's that's uh, when he's called up is going to make an impact. And the you know um, he may not be as well known to Habs fans as as some of the other prospects. But he's um, his compete level is just off the charts. He he loves to compete. Um, you'll always find the puck around him, and that's because he's such a smart player. The puck, he knows where the puck's going to be. He's there. He gets all kinds of uh, different goals, whether they be the um, you know banging around rebounds, much in the the flavor of, of Brendan Gallagher. Uh, he's got a great shot as well. Um, he's just, he's just loves to play hockey. He, he, and he's, um, very versatile. He can contribute on any line as we've seen, um, since his call up. And, uh, I'm, I'm particularly with, with the, uh, the loss of Brendan Gallagher for a few weeks. I'm pretty excited about, about this player. And Rick, tell us who is this week's winner of the week for the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to give it to another call-up, and that's Sven Andrew Ghetto. Um, Andrew Ghetto has uh, he's he's been remarkable. Um, he's come in, and uh, you know, with that little bit of he had uh, a little bit of experience uh, last year in his in his first call-up. Um, spent most most of the season in in uh, with the ice well with the Hamilton Bulldogs last year, and. Um, now, when he comes up from the ice caps, he has an immediate impact, and not on the the fourth line, but up there. Um, particularly good chemistry with uh, Alex Galchenyuk and Lars Eller. He, you know, they play a bit of a different game, a little bit more of an East-West game, and Andrew Ghetto fits right in perfectly. He's got great speed. He's got um, very creative offensively. Good passer. Good shot. Um, He's 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 fit right in, and he's picked up four goals in in uh, in his nine games um, since the call up. Uh, he's he's been um, everything that that you could have asked for out of a call up and more. Yes, yeah, so it's a f- four goals for Sven Andrigetto. He's a plus four. Plays an average a little bit under uh, twelve minutes uh, per game. This week. Played at one point with Max Pacioretty and Alex Galchenyuk on the first line. But it seems tonight uh, he'll be playing once again on the fourth line with uh, Charles Ludon and uh, Brian Flynn. So so that's pretty interesting. So congratulations to uh, Sven Andrigetto. It took him, what, two weeks up with the Montreal Canadiens to get, a, uh, I guess, his first recognition trophy. He gets the uh, Habs 360 uh, winner of the week, and and that's quite the honor, right? Isn't it? 
there's no higher honor. Exactly. It's uh, we should send him a plaque because he he definitely uh, <laughs> deserves it. Uh, so the Canadians, they've played four, uh, they've lost the last four games. Uh, so they're currently in a slump. Uh, I just want to play a clip from Michel Terrier following the game against the Detroit the Red Wings. It's in French. I'll translate it in approximately 13 seconds. On vit des moments difficiles, c'est bien entendu. Euh, mais il faut continuer euh, à, à rester la tête haute. So the coach there following a the game saying that they're going through difficult times and uh, they just have to stick with it and at the end it's going to help them become a better team. Our Habs 360 poll question is in regards to the Canadians' current losing streak and it's pretty simple. What explains it? The four options on Twitter are goaltending, defenseman, scoring, and coaching. So you go to Habs360 on Twitter, you can put in your vote. You can also give us a call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five, or you can send us a tweet at uh, Habs360. On the other side of the break, we'll continue, and we'll tell you who are our nominees and our winner for Loser of the Week. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from art2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season, I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of art2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter as more details on the Habs contest will be announced soon. For high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit art2canvas.com. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. All 
All right, welcome back to episode 158 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, December 12th. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens. You can follow Rick on Twitter at uh, All Habs. So in the first segment, we announced our nominees and our winner for the the big award for winner of the weekend that was given to Sven Andrigero. And well, Rick, when the Canadians are lost three games this week, a total of a four-game losing streak. I'm sure we you didn't have much trouble figuring out some uh, nominees for uh, for losers of the week. Well, we had a yeah, we had a few that uh, came to mind after the week uh, was over for sure. Um, we're going to start with um, let's start with Christian Thomas. Um, we were talking about call up in the last segment and um, a couple that that have uh, really shone and and impressed us. Um, not that Christian Thomas hasn't contributed; he hasn't been as visible as the others um, on the ice. Uh, where he was visible this week was in a in a video that was uh, posted. Um, Unfortunately, catching him at at one of his uh, uh, worst moments with uh, Nathan Beaulieu, uh, they were out uh, partying and um, uh, a little inebriated, I'd say the boys were. And, um, you know, I I just don't get it for for someone who is, um, you know, holding on uh, to an NHL spot. there's plenty of time, plenty of time for for parting. I just don't get why why you do that, particularly uh, in this age where there's cell phones everywhere and video yeah. uh, could be captured as it was uh, and posted this week of of uh, two drunk boys out having a good time. Yeah, and we know the temptations in Montreal. It's there. There's many temptations for especially high profile athletes, uh, celebrities, people who are out in the public. There's lots of them, but I definitely agree that uh, Christian Thomas, especially Christian Thomas, uh, should not have been uh, in in that kind of a state of mind. And it was following last Saturday's loss against the Carolina Hurricanes. Team came back in town, and while well, they were seen at a uh, at a club, and after it seemed like somebody's apartment or a hotel room, etc. But in fact, following the game against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the coach, Michel Therrien, was asked about why Nathan Bollier and Christian Thomas weren't in the lineup. And, well, let's hear his response. It's in French. And I'll translate it in 11 seconds. Parce qu'on n'était pas satisfait, mec. Je jouais derrière Mass. C'est trop simple que ça. Il y avait un aspect de discipline là-dedans, Michel. Il n'y a pas de bonheur. De discipline? Je dois... Non, non. Ça n'a rien à voir. So the coach replies to the first question on why Bowyer didn't play against the Red Wings. And he said, well, they weren't satisfied with his performance. And then a follow-up question that was asked, it sounded like uh, Richard Labbe from uh, La Presse, and he told him, is there anything related to discipline? Terry seemed a little bit surprised, like discipline. And then he told him about the witness, like, no, it's not related. Whether or not it's accurate, who knows? Is it a coincidence that Bollier and Thomas both sat out as soon as those videos came out public? I guess we'll we'll never find out. S- supporting the coach, which you know I love to do. Um, 
I, there, 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 there was on ice reasons for both of them to to uh, pay a visit to the press box. Christian Thomas took a a really dumb penalty um, in the game prior, um, and Bolia has you know he's he's been struggling um, uh, the last the last few games. Um, so you know. There's there there were on ice reasons, but you're right. You know you you raise an eyebrow when you when you see the coincidence that it was the two of them that uh, got to sit in the press box, and they were the only two in that video that surfaced. So just a reminder before we go on to our next nominees, uh, if you wanted to share your winners or losers or talk anything Montreal Canadiens, you can reach us via telephone at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five or via Twitter at Habs three sixty. Who's your next uh, nominee, Rick? Well, because we're talking about Nathan Beaulieu, let's let's uh, related to him. Um, I'm going to nominate uh, what I call uh, Beaulieu fanboys. Uh, now it has you know nothing to do with Nathan himself, but it's those guys mostly on Twitter um, who make it. I think the sole reason they're on social media is to promote. Nathan Beaulieu. Uh, in fact, some of them, uh, some of them that that are just they're nasty, um, and and they um, insert their way into conversations on Twitter. They they've changed their names to uh, to end in Beaulieu. Uh, they, um, but but basically, what they're saying is he is the best defenseman who has ever been created. Um, he has no business in the press box. He has no business on the third pairing. In fact, he should be playing, um, you know, on the first pairing, it's okay to let's ditch, uh, Andre Markov. Let's trade him. Uh, let's have a, a pairing of Nathan Beaulieu and, and PK Subban and each play 25 minutes a night and the world will all be right. And of course that's just a pile of nonsense. Um, you know, he's maybe someday, maybe someday, He's going to live up to the potential. Right now, he's not there yet, uh, and he still has a lot to learn, particularly on the defensive side of the game. Uh, for the fancy stats folks, the Corsi um, four percentage, um, Nathan Beaulieu and Tom Gilbert are the only uh, defensemen on on the roster below fifty percent. Um, in, in in so they're 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 not doing what people claim uh, that they should be doing, and that is uh, driving possession. Uh, the other defensemen, uh, the ones who are playing, particularly Alexei Emlin, who gets a lot of the, the grief from these people, uh, is playing uh, uh, and, and achieves a, a, a higher level in that regard. So that's, that's, my, uh, that's my next nominee. Uh, I, I, was, uh, I wouldn't call myself a, a Bowyer fanboy, but I was uh, at the beginning of the season promoting that I think Bowyer probably should play in the top four defensive spot for the Montreal Canadiens. Looking back right now, it's uh, it was probably a little premature, but I think uh, maybe either later on this season or next year, he'll definitely have a spot in the Montreal Canadiens' uh, top four defensemen. But at the same time, uh, while... Canadians did have some injuries. I think he did a decent job in uh, when he was playing with uh, with Jeff Petrie, but I'm sure that has a lot to do with uh, with Jeff Petrie him himself. But I think that pairing did look good for a certain while. And 
and even on the last game against the Red Wings, it was uh, when Borja sat out. It was Craig Patterson who was in the lineup, and well, Craig Patterson didn't have his, the best of his game against the Detroit Red Wings, so I think that made the decision even easier for the coach to bring uh, Borja back tonight against the Senators. Yeah, I agree totally. He's he's going to be there. He's 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 got the skills. Um, he just has to learn how to read the plays a little bit better, and uh, but he's he's not quite there just yet. Um, speaking of defensemen, we're going to um, we haven't talked much about PK Subban this season, mainly because there's not really been a lot to talk about. Um, PK Subban. Uh, he's getting his points mainly because he's getting ice time. He's he's up there in assists in the top ten in uh, as far as defensemen in the league. Um, but we remember last year that for the first third of the season, uh, PK Subban was not very good. Um, after Christmas, he turned it on and and he had a great season. He had a great two thirds of the season. Unfortunately, that has that is repeating itself. Let's let's hope the good part repeats itself too but the first third of the season he hasn't been dominant the you know highest paid defenseman hasn't been the dominant defenseman uh that we're expecting um he hasn't scored in i think it's 21 games now is the streak uh he has only just one goal this season um and i i think i think um the expectations are uh, much higher, and um, you know, particularly as the the Canadians go through this bit of slump where they're struggling to score goals, um, they could have have used a, a bigger contribution from PK Subban. Yeah, so in fact, it is zero goals in the last 21 games for uh, for PK Subban. He's up there when it comes to uh, the number of uh, assists. I think he's in the top uh, 20 or something in the league. With uh, when it comes to assists, and he he hasn't been the same. He hasn't been the PK Subban, the dominant one, like you mentioned, Rick. And one question, Rick, you know that something that I've been thinking about PK Subban, and I want to get your thought on this. Uh, we're seeing PK Subban uh, doing more and more, whether it be charity or more promotion, more advertising, but a lot more. We see him a lot more visible off the ice. And it's, we don't see him for the, the same kind of situation like we saw Nathan Bowie and Christian Thomas, right? We saw him for, I guess, good reasons out there. Do you think those kind of things may have become a, a distraction? Is he doing maybe, you think, a little bit too much? It, it's a really good question. And I don't know that I have a, you know, a, a clear answer about it. Um, but it, it makes you wonder. Um you know the things that he's he's out there doing are are good things are 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 valuable things um he's uh, you know we all know about his um donation to the the um hospital um the atrium um he's he's launched his website um this fall and um i guess the the, the part that bothers me is um there's been several interviews recently where he's made the point that hockey is only a very, and he uses the word tiny, tiny part of, of who I am. He's, and he's even said um, a small part of my brand um, who he's, you know, and 
uh, okay. Um, he wants to get across the point that, you know, he's into philanthropic uh, uh, endeavors and those kinds of things. But hockey provides that. The only reason he's able to do these other things is because of hockey. And he's got to take care of his hockey business first, his hockey brand first. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good point that you made. There, there are some questions about, about his focus. And even to that, he recently became a spokesperson for, for sports experts. He's a spokesperson for Boston Pizza as well in Quebec. So he's definitely out there. And it seems like he's focusing more on the brand of, of P.K. Subban than maybe on the ice. And, you know, this is all theory. We don't know. We're just giving our opinions here on uh, on Habs 360. And even when at the press conference, when he announced the donation that he'll be doing to the atrium, and he was uh, thanking the people who supported them. There was a lot of mention of his company, his PK Subban uh, Enterprise. I think it's PK Enterprises or something like that along those lines. So maybe the brand of PK Subban is uh, becoming a distraction for him. So who's your, who is your next nominee for Loser of the Week? Well, our Possibly next nominee. Yeah, our next nominee is actually the winner. And um, I don't think there'll be too much um, uh, controversy about this. Uh, and that is Michelle Therrien, uh who takes the crown of loser of the week. Um, and I, I mean, for, for uh, a whole number of reasons, um, I think that when times get tough, um, it's easy be, to be a coach in good times. It's, it's, it's easy to be a coach when uh, your 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 players are carrying the team, um, but it's when adversity comes, and the adversity for the Canadians came in the form of losing best player in the world, Carey Price, and losing uh, one of their top scorers in Brandon Gallagher. That's when the coach has to step in and and make sure that the um, he puts his players in the best spot to win. Uh, he makes adjustments. He, but he, for the most part, because because there's this instability with uh, the loss of players, he has to ensure stability. And what Michelle Terran chose to do instead was throw everything completely upside down. Um, he he changed every line. He he. Uh, mixed up, uh, you know, uh, players. Uh, he put them in bad situations. Um, Dale Weiss, Paul Byron, all the these guys are not top six guys. Um, he he put players who play different styles, like Alex Galchenyuk and Max Pacioretty, both great players in their in their own right, but they play a very different game, and putting them together was a disaster. And one that's that finally Terrian recognized, and he's going back to the quote old lines tonight. Um, not only not only was the the line the, were the lines upset, but but Terrian wasn't even playing matchups um, at home. He had Alex Galchenyuk out against uh, in his first uh, in his debut, so to speak, as as the first line center. Um, against Chera 
every shift. And Julien was Claude Julien was only too happy to to have that matchup all night long. Um, and with the last change, Michelle Terrien did nothing to um, to change that. Um, I, I guess if if not to pile on, but uh, his his use of David Darnay over and over and over again, getting, you know, um, with zero results. Um, and particularly on the power play. Uh, it's not not that he's not scoring. He's not taking... I think he has six shots on goal um, all season in that perspective, in that regard. So, uh, Tarion has... has um, you know he's upset the lines. He's upset the chemistry. He's upset the power play. Um, and then this whole dark cloud of of Alex Semen, who, in my mind, uh, really didn't get a fair shot to to see that you know if he could contribute. I don't know if he can or not, but he certainly wasn't. Um, you could you could tell from the outset that. That Tarion was having no part of Salmon and and uh, had a very short fuse when when it came to him. Uh, so for all those reasons, uh, and you're welcome to refute any of them. Um, I'm I'm naming him loser of the week. So those are uh, those are plenty of reasons. Uh, I agree with some. I I I don't agree with all of them. But well, we'll take a pause. We'll think about it, we'll digress, and I'll give you my point of view on that on the other side of the break. Don't forget you can reach us on Twitter via at uh, Habs360. You can also reach us uh, toll-free at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. So I'll give you my point of view on Michel Therrien's week, and we'll also talk about Rick's trip with uh, the eight caps over the uh, the last weekend. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and on. You know, you, you're going to fall down when. when- for the most trusted source of. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? 
Subscribe to Hub360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autograph products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at frameworth.com and type in Habs360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit frameworth.com. I bet you... All right, welcome back to episode 158 of the Habs360 podcast. For this December 12, 2015, my name is Chris G at Chris G1980 along with uh, Rick Stevens. Our poll question of the week, what explains Habs' losing streak? There are four choices, goaltending, defensemen, scoring, and coaching. So we'll, we'll give you the results of how that stands in a couple of moments. So before the break, uh, Rick uh, nominated... Michel Terrier as our loser of the week. And you, well, you think, uh, you think I'd, uh, that uh, my vote is pretty clear in the poll, who I think is the problem? Yeah, yes, definitely. It's very, very clear. Well, we'll, let, we'll know in a couple of minutes if our listeners and our followers on Twitter do agree with you. Uh, I agree with the fact that I don't think Michel Terrier had a good week. Uh, and I think... It started maybe even before. I even mentioned it last week in our episode. The Canadians were doing good. They were they were winning. And then Michel Terry decided to start changing up the line. So I think that and we saw what the results have been since. Canadians have kept losing since the uh, the lines have been juggled. But the Canadians, so I think that's definitely something that falls on the responsibility of the coach. Another reason why I think that uh, Michel Terrier had a bad week, well, when it comes to Galchenyuk, prior to the game, the coach in his in the press conference mentioned that we think he's ready to get the responsibility to be the number one center. And in fact, he, in the NHL against the Bruins was the first time that Galchenyuk played. Did, he, did Galchenyuk have a good game in that role? He didn't. But let's hear what the coach said following that game in regards to Chucky. Alex Galchenyuk, minus two in the third period. Just your thoughts on his uh, game at center? It's a really tough night. Part of his tough night have to do with the fact that he had to match up a lot of the night against Charon and Bergeron's line? He had a tough night. So when you're talking about your future, the guy who has been branded for the Canadians as their future number one center, and he's playing his first game at that role. I agree that he had a tough night, but does the coach need to go out in the media and like that and, and announce it that way? I think uh, it wasn't. A, I don't think that should have been done the way that it was done. But uh, so I think that's another reason why that um, that Terry had a bad week. You mentioned Rick earlier about the Canadians and he's placing players in the top six roles where they don't belong, like Byron, Weiss, etc. I agree that they're not top six forwards, but in the state that the team is now with the players that they have on the roster, how many top six forwards does Terry actually have to play on his on his team? Uh, no, that's that's a very good point, um, but I think. 
I think um, I I would be placing those players, um, you know, for a shift or or to get some energy or those kinds of things. But you have to trust those players who, um, you know, they're call ups. But you have to trust them who who play that kind of role. Andrew Ghetto um, actually looked pretty comfortable on the second line. Last two games, he's played on the fourth line. I, I don't think that's a be- the best use of his talent. Sure, he has some chemistry with uh, Houdon, but, but playing eight minutes a game, what does that matter? Um, he, was, he, was, he looked like he fit right in. He stepped right into that top six role, and he was moved. Um, I just don't think that's a, a good use of your talent. I agree, but when when a team is missing top six forwards, I think that falls under the the GM's responsibility. He's doing what he can with the forwards that uh, that he has. Uh, when it comes to Alex uh, Semin, I'm okay with the number of chances that he got in. I would have liked him to get one more chance, especially for a team that's been struggling to score. They have 11 goals, if I'm not mistaken, in their last six games. So Semin was brought in to be a top six forward, and while he never even got one chance to play with uh, with Max Pacioretty, who's their the goal scorer. So I think that I I would have been okay if they would have given him at least one more chance playing with Pacioretty, see how that goes, and if that doesn't work out, then uh, follow the uh, the process that they that they did right now. Just just to add to that, I I thought it was really humorous. Um... I don't know if you saw the quote from the GM of uh, Simmons' new KHL club. Um, he he he. They asked what what Simmons' problems were. He blamed for his problems, and then he said, "Let God be their judge," uh, <laughs> and promised, <laughs> which I thought was was hilarious. And and he promised to to show them that the GM that, that he was right and that the NHL um, coaches are wrong about Semin. Yeah, I understand your question, but it's not between me and him. It's nothing to do. It's about performance. And uh, he needs to go back there and work on uh, different things and bring his game to uh, a better level of acceptation that uh, we believe that uh, he needs to play in the NHL. And those were the coaches' comments following when Semin was placed on waivers, and while where he would have potentially been assigned to uh, to the Ice Caps, and Terry was telling us what the acceptations of the organization were when it comes to Semin. One more uh, thing that I, the reason why I think that uh, Mitchell Terry had a bad week it was actually something that happened earlier this morning when. Uh, he was asked why Pacioretty and Galchenyuk are split up from the first line. He said, well, when there's no chemistry, when nothing's going on between uh, between two players, you don't wait a month uh, before you do something. Uh, I'm okay with that statement, but if you look at it from uh, in this last couple of seasons, when he was using Pacioretty and Dagnet together for, for how long? Like almost a year, a year and a half? before something was done, so I think that was a little bit inconsistent. So so that being said, Rick, I'm okay with your uh <laughs> with you naming Michel Terrier for loser of the week. Maybe not for the exact same reasons you did, but I, I definitely do agree that I think the coach had a bad year. I know my philosophy when a team a wins bad year. 
Well, I don't think a bad year. Canadians are. We have to look at the big picture. Canadians still first place in the division. The best player of the team isn't playing, and then one out of their top six forwards, when the team has only three others, is uh, is injured as well. So I still give them benefit of the doubt on that side. Yeah, I I agree. He hasn't had a bad year. You just, I think you just misspoke. You said he's had a bad year. Um, oh, so I was okay. just I was I was just clarifying that you meant bad week, which which yeah. we both agree on. Yeah, yep. that that's uh, that's correct. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by IceCapsHockeyReport.com, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. IceCapsHockeyReport.com is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. I just work hard every day. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, there's nothing I can control about how, um, you know, the decisions that they make. I just have to work hard in practice and, uh, you know, keep working on my game. I think, uh, you know, if they're going to call my name, that's my job to be ready for it as a professional. So, How did you feel? So that's Jared Snorty. Once he got called up from his conditioning stint with uh, the uh, the ice caps. So, Rick, you went on the mini scouting trip and the games that Jared played with the Ice Caps is the only comparative hockey games that he's played so far this season. Uh, what did you think of him when he when he was down there? Yeah, well, uh, uh, Jared Tenardi actually got in six games um, in the in the conditioning stint. Um, now I wasn't there for the uh, uh, the first couple of games, uh, but I did uh, watch the broadcast, and and he was. Um, you know, it took him a while to get his timing, and when we interviewed him, um, he said exactly that, that, um, um, you know, it. he was playing against uh, the Marlies, the Marlies, which are a pretty good team, fast team, and, and, and he was looking to get his, his timing and particularly his confidence back. Um, but when I saw him um, against the uh, Utica Comets and um, the uh, Binghamton Senators, um, he was... He was dominant. Uh, he was the best defenseman on the ice. Um, he had the ability to uh, stand up and and end a rush uh, he, by either uh, poke checking the the puck carrier or just um, physically stopping him and turning the play around and creating some offenses chances for his team. Um, he carried the puck nicely. He was, uh, to um, Coach Sylvain Lefay's credit, he was put in all situations. Um, in those six games, um, he had um, two assists. Um, he was a plus three. Um, and I thought, you know, at, at times he was he was dominant on the ice. To to compare, uh, Greg Patteron only had just three games. Um, but I believe, uh, I'll have to look back, I believe he was a minus six in those three games um, and, you know, didn't look as, as dominant at that level. Of course he's, you know, he's had games at the big level where he has looked good. Um, but Tenorti looked very good. Um, we asked uh, Gabriel Dumont, uh, the captain of the ice caps, what he thought. Uh, Dumont was very emphatic saying Tenorti is an NHL defenseman. He belongs in the NHL. He should be playing at the NHL level. Um, we asked Sylvain Lefebvre, uh, he said, you know, he loves having him around. He logs a lot of minutes. Um, he was impressed that Tenorti gained each, gained confidence each game. Um, he said that defensively he plays, 
plays very hard. He takes the body. Um, uh, Lefebvre note, noted his his long reach, his long stick, his ability to to uh, clog the the passing lanes uh, in the defensive zone, um, and and just that you know game to game to game he's gaining more confidence with the puck and his ability to move it down the ice. Uh, so I thought it was a really good. Uh, I mean, it was a good move for the Canadians to send him down. Um, I think Tenorti um, embraced it. He had a good attitude about it. Uh, and I thought he did really well uh, in the games that I I, I watched him. And uh, recently, uh, as of uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, Jacob De La Rose, because it seems like everybody from the Ice Caps was called up except for De La Rose, but he was out with injury. And uh, as well as Michael Bournevoff went through waivers last week and is now with uh, the Ice Caps. They're both back in the lineup. Did you have a chance to, to see them? Uh, the um, both both guys, both um, um, Bornebel and uh, Jacob De La Rose played their first game um, last night, uh, and that was against the Rochester Americans in St. John's. Um, uh, as you said, De La Rose has been out um, since I think it was the 8th of November in the game against Hershey where um, he suffered a, a lower body injury. We We saw him was at that game. Um, we saw him hobbling. He could put hardly any uh, weight on his leg as he hobbled around the dressing room. Um, so he was out for just short of five weeks with that. Um, in his first game back last night, uh, he was the he was the best ice cap uh, uh, by far. Uh, he scored his first goal of the season. Nice, a beauty of a goal. Um, and he's... Um, with with all the call-ups, as you say, he's uh, will perhaps get a, a bit more of an offensive role. Um, he's centering the second line uh, with Brandon McNally and and Gabriel Dumont on his right side. Um, so I, I hope uh, I, I wish good things for for uh, De La Rose because he's a, a very good two-way player. If there wasn't the injury there, he would have had his call-up already. Um, and let's let's hope he can get back into the Canadians lineup soon. Uh for Michael Bernabeu, he he played really well last night. He he skated like the wind. Um he was on the first line on the left side of of Mike McCarron and uh uh Bud Holloway and that line's been been dynamic. Uh he kind of filled in the spot that Daniel Carr used to occupy. Um and again, we wish good things for Michael Bernabeu. His concussion is um you know, has has kept him out uh, a long time, and and um, and we hope he can work his way back into um, uh, being relevant again for this uh, as a prospect for the Canadians. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by IceCapsHockeyReport.com, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. IceCapsHockeyReport.com is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If we go now to our Habs 360 poll question, what explains the Habs losing streak? Canadians have lost four games in a row. Well, I'll go. the choices were goaltending, defenseman, scoring, and coaching. So it was pretty evident, like Rick mentioned, what his vote is. Uh, even though Terry... I think had a bad week. It's not the option that uh, that I chose. What our listeners and our followers on Twitter think, I'll go in the sitting order. 
at 3%, we have the defenseman. Then at 14%, we have goaltending. And then, well, our first runner-up is with 23%, the coaching. So it's actually the first runner-up. So 23% of the people responding to the poll uh, think it was the coaching that's been causing the Canadians a losing streak. And with 60% is the scoring. So 60% of uh, people who responded think that it's the Canadians' lack of offense uh, that explains the losing streak. And, you know, Rick, I'll, I'll make the argument for you that I'm sure you probably think it's because the coach and the Canadians aren't scoring, right? Well, I, I, not, not solely. You know, I would say, I, I would say the struggles are because of one and two, because of scoring, because of, of, um, uh, the adjustments that were made. Yes. Terrian's having an effect on the, on the offensive production, but we've got to lay some blame at um, at the feet of the players too. PK Subban, Max Pacioretty isn't, uh, you know, Max Pacioretty is a streaky scorer. He's in a in a slump right now, um, and uh, he's he's got to uh, pick it up himself. So, you know, I, I you know I I said I was kind of hard on on Tarion, but but I'm I'm a, I'm agreeing with our listeners and uh, and with you that that it's uh, it's a bit of both. So it's uh, just some stats when it comes to scoring. Uh, Dagnan Fleischman in the game against the Red Wings, they each got the first point in their last eight games. Dale Weiss, who started off the season on fire, <laughs> he's gone nine games without scoring a goal. Thomas Plakainis hasn't scored in 13 games. And like we mentioned earlier, P.K. Uh, Subban hasn't scored in the last 20 games. I'll take that one step further. The Canadians have scored two or less in regulation for seven consecutive games. That is the last seven games. That's the longest streak since October 2003. Canadians have a 2-4-1 record during that period. 11 goals have scored in the last six games for the, the Habs. And even if you look at the goal scorers, the players for the Canadians who have scored at least one goal in the last four games, Byron, Sven Andrigetto, Fleischmann, Daniel Carr, Lars Zeller, and Brian Flynn. So looking at that list, there's a couple of big names that are missing there. And I think these players, yes, I think, like we mentioned, Terry did not have a good week, but it's also the players that we haven't mentioned in that list that need to step up and put the puck in the, the net as well. But Rick, uh, just before we go, I want to look at the other end of the ring for the Montreal Canadiens when it comes into goaltending as one of the changes, well, it's not a change, I should say, compared to last game, Dustin Tokarski, he's going to be in goal for a second consecutive game. What are your thoughts on that move? Was that a good move done by, made by Michel Ternier? It's, it's a curious move. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how it, it turns out. I, I saw Tokarski um, um, as part of the, the Ice Caps um, uh, little scouting trip, and, and uh, he actually played pretty well, um, very well. Um, you know, uh, the other night I, I thought he was, he was okay. Um, I, w- I was glad to see that he was much more confident, but he was still – you know his his scrambly self and and kind of the 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 maker of of his own bad situations and and uh, so you know 
it's it's an interesting move, and and I you know I, I want to see how it turns out. Uh, Condon is is um, is I, I wouldn't say struggled. I, I'd just say he's in, inconsistent. He's giving up rebounds. Um, he loses his net sometimes. Uh, he doesn't go side to uh, post to post that quickly. I think it was key in a clip that you played a little bit earlier um, where Tarion said um, it's pretty tough to win when you give up three goals. And I think that was kind of a veiled shot against his goaltending because um, they've given up three goals in, in this losing streak. And uh, Condon's been uh, certainly in for the majority of those games. Yeah, we all remember that on uh, on 24CH, Michel Tarion kept telling his team they need three goals to win. So if you're allowing three goals, that's not going to happen. And I think Condon hasn't been looking as confident as uh, his technique. He hasn't looked as solid as he did when at the beginning of the season when he was playing uh, during Carey Price's injury. And, my, and as I mentioned last week, I made a prediction. I threw it out there that during this Carey Price injury, I wasn't expecting uh Condon to be the number one goalie throughout the whole stretch. I thought that somebody else or Tokarski would jump in there for a moment of time. So two games in a row where Condon isn't playing healthy. So I think at this point, it's the Dustin Tokarski where is the hot hand, I guess, in Terry's eyes, and he's going to play with him for a, for a second consecutive game. And when you mentioned in terms of goals allowed, Here's some more stats on that side of the ice. The Canadians have allowed three or more goals in 10 out of the last 14 games that they've played. And they have a record of 6-6-2 six, six, and two during that period. So they've been losing more than uh, they've been winning. So am I, am I surprised a little bit? I wasn't, uh, wasn't expecting Tukarski right away to come in and step in for Michael Condon. But am I shocked? No, no, I'm not. Uh, just just, uh, just one more stat to throw in there that I think is interesting and supports your point is uh, that of the 30 games, Carey Price has started 12. Carey Price still leads in wins for any of the, the goaltenders that have played this year. Exactly. So I think that uh, that says a lot about the, the goaltending, but we'll see. Like, Let's hope Dustin Tokarski is able to come in and go through a stretch like Michael Condon did at the beginning of the of uh, the season, and able to at least give his team a chance to win, and at least allow less than three goals per game. But at the same time, on the other end, we need the Canadians players to step up and uh, score uh, a couple more goals. Uh, a couple of tweets to read. First one comes from uh, Moncton Scouts, and guess what? He's from Moncton, New Brunswick. Uh, so his Review, uh, his explanation on what explains the Habs losing streak, nothing in particular, just a slump. So thanks for that. And the last tweet comes from uh, Jay uh, Boivin. He writes, as simple as injury, four losses by one goal. Imagine with Price and Gallagher, I believe we would at least be 0-2-1-2. So he still predicts Canadians would have uh, not won games without uh, Price and Gallagher. I think if Price would have been in goal, the Canadians would have won at least one out of those uh, four, uh, four games. But that's something that we'll, we'll never find out because, well, we don't make those games up. Uh, 
so thank you very much for your tweets. Thank you very much, everybody who, uh, who who replied to our poll question as well. Canadians playing three games tonight is the first of three game homestand as the Senators will be in town, and then a couple of Western teams coming in. It won't be an easy stretch of schedule for the Montreal Canadiens as the Sharks will be down will be in town on Tuesday night, and then the Kings will be in town on Thursday night. So we'll be looking back at those games. On our next episode, episode 159 on December 19th. Rick, thank you very much. Great show as always. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. We'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition. If you missed part of it, go to the podcast page on allhabs.net. Have a good week, everybody. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.